Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Volume 66 of The Other Stories is brought to you by the Scared to Death podcast. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious and interesting to distract and entertain you, check out the horror podcast Scared to Death. There's nearly 100 episodes of demonic possession, hauntings, shadow people, black-eyed children, alien abductions and so much more, where horror lover Dan Cummins attempts to terrify his wife Linz with two new supposedly true tales each week. Linz then gets back at Dan with potentially scarier stories, sharing at least two listener-submitted encounters with the paranormal, often the most disturbing part of the show. So if you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight Pacific time, and it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. So once again, that's Get Scared to Death. Also, hardcover pre-orders of our new book are now live. The Other Stories Best Stuff collection features 30 of the show's best stories, featuring grisly horror, mind-bending sci-fi, and thrilling gut-rippers with a foreword by modern horror extra-orphanaire Michael David Wilson. So go check that out and see the amazing cover designed by Pi Parr. We only have 100 hardcovers available, so get your copy while stocks last. To grab that, go to theotherstories.net forward slash bestof. Today's episode of The Other Stories is The Hatchling, 
written by Shannon Scott and narrated by Jasmine Arch. On Easter morning, the good cousin and the bad cousin were given identical Easter baskets. In each wicker basket, one giant chocolate bunny, one Cadbury cream egg, two marshmallow chicks, jelly beans in fake plastic grass, and a colouring book called Passion of Jesus. The cousins' dresses were also identical, new frilly white frocks with matching gloves and socks. On the way to Sunday service, the cousins stepped carefully from the car to the church so as not to get mud splatter on their dresses. After the sermon, all the children were handed crayons and paper so the adults could have coffee. The bad cousin drew dutifully, her head bent forward, her tongue purple from jelly beans, poking from the corner of her mouth in the deepest concentration. The good cousin drew a picture of tulips, not unlike the pattern on her mother's dress, and while not exactly imaginative, the tulips would grace the refrigerator door. The bad cousin drew an anatomically correct picture of the female reproductive system. From each symmetrically curling fallopian tube shot out many colourful Easter eggs. When the picture was finished, the bad cousin handed it to her aunt, who choked on her coffee. Go wait in the car, (coughs) her aunt sputtered. Then she crumpled the picture. Let me see, let me see, the good cousin cried. At home, the bad cousin was sent to the room she shared with her good cousin. During her banishment, she read library books. She fed the turtle in the terrarium. She shimmied out of her frilly white dress and folded it over the desk chair where it looked more and more like a ghost as the spring day waned. Downstairs were prayers and cutlery. Downstairs was the cloying smell of ham cooked with pineapple. If she went downstairs, she might have seen Jesus' face in the jello salad and shoved it in her mouth like a cannibal. Later, after dinner and the Disney film, the good cousin returned to the room. I brought you something, she said. The bad cousin startled and dropped her book. What did you bring? she asked. The good cousin pulled an Easter basket from behind her back. The bad cousin's stomach growled. Except for purple jelly beans, she hadn't eaten anything since breakfast. But when she reached for the basket, the good cousin pulled it away. Why aren't you in your Easter dress? The good cousin asked. She was still wearing her Easter dress, which was making her neck and legs itch so badly it was like the lace was spun from poison ivy. It's Easter until midnight. You can't have an Easter basket unless you have your dress on. The bad cousin gazed at the bunny. Her mouth watered. She grabbed the prickly Easter dress and put it back on. But when she reached for the basket, the good cousin snatched it away again. Gloves and socks too! The socks had to be retrieved from the dirty hamper everyone shared, meaning her uncle's voluminous and smelly underwear. But she complied. After she was properly attired, both girls looked like ghosts standing in the darkness of the bedroom. They listened to the adults retire in the room next door. Murmurs and coughs, the opening and closing of drawers, the filling of water glasses. 
the creak of overburdened mattress springs. Soon, the parents were snoring loud, porky breaths. Finally, the good cousin handed the bad cousin the Easter basket. The bad cousin immediately clutched the bunny, amazed to find it was solid and not hollow. She could gnaw on it all week. She licked her teeth and took off her white gloves, ready to get to work. Don't you want an egg? The good cousin said. She reached into her dress pocket and pulled out a crumpled piece of paper. She smoothed it and set it on the bed beside them. It was the bad cousin's picture of the fallopian tubes shooting out Easter eggs. She must have dug it out of the trash. That's not where Easter eggs come from, the good cousin said. They come from an Easter basket. I bet you've never even had a Cadbury egg. It was true. The bad cousin hadn't celebrated Easter until her mother left and her aunt took her in out of Christian charity. Your first Cadbury egg is magical, the good cousin continued, holding up a foil-wrapped egg. Real magic, but only the first time. The bad cousin took the ear of the chocolate bunny and cracked it off. Before she could pop it into her mouth, the good cousin slapped the ear from her fingers. It flew across the room and into the terrarium. Most of us get our Easter baskets when we're too little to know the truth, the good cousin said. But everyone knows the first Cadbury egg is an actual egg. It's alive. You can hatch it. She cupped the egg in her palm like its shell was made of calcium crystals, not thick, waxy milk chocolate. Because you never celebrated Easter, you're getting your first Cadbury egg when you're old enough to know the truth. You're full of shit, the bad cousin said. The good cousin shook her head and held out the egg. I wasted mine. I won't let you waste yours. Fine, have it. The bad cousin shoved the preferred egg back at her cousin. It doesn't work that way, the good cousin said. It has to be you. You have to hatch it. The bad cousin took the egg and tore off the foil exterior. Her plan was to smash it into the good cousin's forehead and let the sticky sweet fondant yolk drip down her face. She knew what her cousin was up to. She wanted her to sit on the egg so that she would ruin her Easter dress with melted chocolate. That way, her aunt would send for the social worker and the good cousin would once more have the bedroom to herself. The bad cousin readied to launch the egg, zeroing in on the space just above her cousin's left eyebrow, when she felt a small stirring within the chocolate shell. Something was swimming inside. The egg's weight shifted left, then right, rolling and spinning in her hand like an ovular planet. What could it be? A chick? A goldfish? A tiny electric eel? She'd read about fingers found in bottles of soda, a tooth in a burrito, a rat baked into a loaf of cinnamon bread. But nothing that could move, nothing that would still be alive. She pressed the egg to her ear, expecting a peeping or a heartbeat. It was neither. From inside the egg came a sharp, thin prehistoric shriek. She imagined a black hole of a mouth, filled with pin-shaped teeth, opened wide with hunger. Is this a joke? she demanded. Is something mechanical in here? I didn't 
buy a choke Easter egg, the good cousin said. I wouldn't waste my allowance on you. Did you trap some poor mouse or frog? The good cousin made a queasy face. I would never touch a frog. They give you warts. And you know how I feel about mice. The bad cousin did indeed know how she felt about mice. Her aunt and uncle felt the same way. She had been the one to ease the last terrified field mouse into a canning jar to release outside, while the rest of the family screamed and scarpered onto beds and chairs. It's not a trick, I swear to God. The good cousin placed one hand on the Passion of Jesus colouring book and the other on her heart. The bad cousin brought the egg closer to her body, cradling it to keep it warm. She did not trust the good cousin, but she also knew that eggs could be magical. Golden eggs from golden gooses, duck eggs that held the hearts of evil sorcerers, speckled eggs given to new brides by husbands with blue beards. Even the bad cousin had once been inside an egg inside her mother. What is it then? the bad cousin asked. How should I know? I never got to hatch mine. Can I listen to yours? The bad cousin took the egg from where it was nestled at her hip. Whatever was inside swam faster now, around and around in manic circles. The bad cousin had to hold the egg securely to keep it from leaping from her hand. The good cousin leaned closer to listen. She heard something scrape against the interior of the egg. A beak? Talons? Fangs? She sat back on her heels. What the hell? Let's go downstairs, the bad cousin said. We can crack it open in the kitchen sink. She didn't want to risk using the bathroom sink, even though her aunt and uncle were sound sleepers. She wanted to be somewhere the good cousin could scream and she could just as quickly cover her mouth. As they tiptoed down the darkened stairs, the bad cousin thought about the chicken coop near the commune where she used to live with her mother. She remembered the clucking and gentle cackling chatter of hens, their fierceness when she stole eggs. Their love was a swift, savage peck to the hand. Her mother was always happy to fry up the stolen eggs, except she made her crack them in a separate bowl because you never know what you might find. She didn't know what her mother meant until one day she cracked an egg with something dead inside. A creature as sad and bloody and bedraggled as any baby bird blown from a nest in a storm. Her mother whispered, Sometimes it's better this way. The bad cousin had wanted to ask, but didn't. Better for who? The two cousins stood together in the night kitchen. Shadows of tree branches cobwebbed across the linoleum from the window over the sink. The refrigerator hummed. The bad cousin considered all the leftovers inside. Au gratin potatoes, corn, ham, cello salad. She wanted to yank open the door and slam fistfuls of food into her mouth. But the egg jumped in her hand like a thing possessed. Quick! The good cousin said. Put it in the sink! The bad cousin placed the egg in the stainless steel sink. Without the warmth of her hand, the egg went motionless, settling in the drain. She was sure it was dead and her heart sank, thinking, another one blown out of the nest. Then it swiveled, gave a great leap and crashed back into the sink. Surely it would crack open now. 
but it didn't. Oh God, what if it's a monster? The good cousin looked paler than her Easter dress. Maybe there's a reason it's a secret. Maybe parents don't tell us because it's dangerous. My mom would have told me, the bad cousin said. What she didn't say was that her mother had already told her. The egg slammed up and down the sides of the sink, ricocheting like it was inside a pinball machine. Still, the chocolate shell wouldn't crack. Should we help it? The good cousin opened a drawer and plucked out a utensil. It was a spatula. That's for scrambled or sunny side up, the bad cousin said. Oh, right. Wait, the salad spinner. Let's take it outside. The bad cousin caught the egg as it bounced in the sink and held it tightly between both hands. We'll take it to the garden. In our Easter dresses? Don't be a press. The good cousin opened the back door and they crept out onto the cold, squishy grass to place the egg in the garden. Already there were jonquils and hyacinths and tulips up. The bad cousin set the quaking egg into the muddy earth. Then both girls crouched down to watch it hurtle back and forth between the spring flowers. I bet it has feathers. No, scales. Blue or pink? Suddenly, the egg stopped. It spun and shuddered, then it split. Milky white albumen leaked from the crack in the shell. The good cousin wailed and covered her eyes. I don't want to look. The bad cousin watched the shell slip away. She watched the creature emerge and enlarge and enlarge and enlarge and enlarge and open its beak. The noise that came out was the clattering of a thousand metal instruments dropped into a thousand stainless steel bowls. The good cousin scrambled to her feet and ran back inside the house. The creature looked at the bad cousin with what was unmistakably an eye. The glittering, beady black eye of a massive chick. And that eye looked at her with what was unmistakably an expectation. In the kitchen window, she could see her cousin's face peering out at her. The creature stepped from the chocolate shell on curved claws. It snapped its sharp beak in the air and squawked. It moved jerkily at first, then strode more and more confidently, churning the tulips into a shredded pink mash of bulb and petal. The bad cousin knew the creature wanted her, and she knew it belonged to her. It didn't belong to one other person in this world. She stood up, her Easter dress soiled, and walked to the back door. Behind her, the bad cousin could hear angry peeping and rough scratches in the soft earth. She stopped at the door and turned around. The creature was still glaring at her sideways out of its giant, wet eye. It would follow her anywhere. She turned again and saw the good cousin's terrified face in the window. Then she opened the door. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Hatchling was written by Shannon Scott, narrated by Jasmine Arch, edited by Carl Hughes with music by Daniel Birch and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. 
Shannon Scott is an adjunct professor of English at several universities in the Twin Cities. She has contributed essays on wolves and werewolves, the she-wolf, a cultural history of female werewolves, and the Company of Wolves collection, both published by Manchester Up. She was also co-editor of Terrifying Transformations, an anthology of Victorian werewolf fiction, 1838 to 1896, that was published by Valancourt. More recently, her short story, American House Spider, came out in Night Script in 2019. Her novelette, Swing a Dead Cat, was published in Capice and Break, a dark fiction anthology, in March 2020. Her short story, The Bump, would be coming out in Vestarian, a literary journal, and her story, Dead Breadhead, was published in Oculus Sinister in November 2020. Finally, her novella, Joyride, will be coming out in 2021 with Crone Girls Press. She can be reached at sfscott10 at gmail.com. Writer, poet, narrator and podcaster and all-round chaos for brains, Jasmine Arch lives in a nook of Belgian countryside with two horses, four dogs and a husband who knows better to distract her when she's writing. She's done a lot of work for us at The Other Stories, but you can also check out her work at newmyths.com and hybrid fiction, among others. Check out more of her stuff at jasminearch.com. <laughs> Once again, the hardcover pre-orders for our new book are now live. The Other Stories Best of Collection Volume 1 features 30 of the best stories from the first five years of the show. We've got grisly horror, mind-bending sci-fi and thrilling gut-rippers. So go check out the amazing cover designed by Piper. I think it's actually one of the best covers I've ever seen in my life. When he showed us this cover, it literally melted our minds. We didn't ask for him to melt our minds, but melt them he did. So if you want to check that out, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash best of and pick up a copy today. There's only 100 hardcover editions available. So grab one before stock runs out. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and it's brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.